All right, well, let's get into our scripture here today, Romans chapter number eight. Again, it's good to see you today. I know we've got folks that are traveling, folks that are gone. I want to thank those that are watching online today as well for being with us. And um, this last last Sunday of the of the year, can you believe 2020 is almost over? How many of you are excited about that? Good. As we as we come to this, the conclusion of 2020, many of us probably would agree we. We can't, uh, we would say 2020 can't come, the end of it can't come soon enough. It has been a difficult year for us. And um, if we're not careful though, church, we can concentrate on the difficulty of the year instead of concentrating on what, what Christ did. The um, last couple days, just, uh, just resting. I tell you, that it was, it was uh, enjoyable. I don't know what those people that do down south when they wake up and it's sunny, when we in Ohio can wake up and there's snow on the ground. Wasn't that nice? Christmas, Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, we were awake and um, it was about 1230 and I saw snow coming down outside. And if you want to know why we were awake at 1230 Christmas Eve, because we have five kids and um, we do what every other parent does on Christmas Eve. But um, I looked out and saw that snow and Boy, Sun, uh, uh, Friday, just a restful day with family. And over the last couple of days, I've just thought about this, this year. This year has been difficult. Even over the last few days, uh, more in our church families have, have passed away. And Brother Vaughn out front has lost four, four uncles, I think he told me, in the last 15 months. Three of them to covid and um, many in our family have hurt. Many in our families at, uh, of our church have experienced a lot of things this past year. But I want, us to, I want us to look at something here in God's word because I don't want us to end this year just wanting this year to go away. Because I believe this, God still worked this year. God still did great things this year. God still saved souls this year. God still did a marvelous thing and let's concentrate on that over these next few moments here, if you would, with me. Therefore, in, in Romans 8, verse number 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, I want you to just take note, maybe out, uh, underlying this, we're going to come back to this thought, these words that Paul writes, ye shall live. Ye shall live. What, what encouraging words that are written here in Romans chapter 8. Now, Romans chapter 8 is a chapter many of us would, would look at Romans 8, 28. We probably know this by heart, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And we love to look at that verse when things maybe don't go our way, when we're trying to figure out life and trying to make sense out of things or try, and, try to encourage someone. Well, we know, we know that all things work together for good. We know that. And it's important to remind ourselves of that often. But in this passive scripture, as studying this past week, the Lord brought me to this verse, verse number 13, ye shall live. There is so much for us to be thankful for. And it's everlasting life. It's eternal life. 
it's, it's the fact as we as believers, those that have trusted Christ as our Savior, this is not our home. We have eternity to look forward to. And so I want us to just this last Sunday of the year, this last Sunday of probably one of the most difficult years that many have faced, one of the things I want us to look at today and be reminded of, ye shall live. Before we conclude this year, before we, we write off everything that's happened this year or, or maybe attempt to erase all of it out of our minds, we don't want to think about this bad. We're, we're hoping that 2021 is a much better year. I want us to think ye shall live. The Apostle Paul is very familiar with trials. We, we've studied this past year, we, we studied Sundays, the book of Acts, and we saw often where Paul was, was going through trials. Paul would simply go into a city, I, I think of the, the city of Philippi, he would go there just simply to give them the gospel, and he winds up in prison, he winds up beaten, he's jailed just, just for giving the gospel. Paul is, toward the end of his life, is there in that Roman jail, and, and just simply for preaching the gospel. He's found himself often carrying burdens. Paul finds himself physically often in pain. He's been beaten many a times. He's been left for dead. If you study the, the, the life of Paul, you would find that often Paul is just living in great pain physically for simply preaching the gospel. His life is threatened often. Paul is familiar with heartache. Paul, not only heartache physically or the physical trials that he's going through, but Paul is, is, is served alongside some, some that have, have rejected the faith now and walked away from the Lord. Some that Paul was on, this, on his missionary journeys with that saw God work and do marvelous things have now walked away from their faith. Paul's experienced great heartache in his life. Yet Paul is encouraging the Roman church here, the Roman believers. In verse number 13, he says this, yet shall, or ye shall live. No, no matter what happens to us on this earth, we as believers, we have life in Jesus Christ. And I pray this year that we find joy in our eternal life, no matter what this world has to offer us. No matter what trials or what difficulties we've, we've encountered this year in 2020, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We have life. And that ought to give the believer great joy. That, that's the difference. I said this this week, I visited a family that lost a loved one this week and sat with them. And we both agreed this with this thought of, what, would, what do people without Christ do in times of just tragedy in their life? How do you get through that without hope? Someone had called the church and wanted some, one, of our, one of our staff members to do a funeral this week. And so I sent one of our staff over to do a funeral. And my wife and I, we were kind of talking through that. And she said, um, how, could you, how could you get to that place in life and not have someone that you know or you're familiar with to do that service for you. And I said to her, you know, I don't know. 
I rode to the graveside of, uh, of Olivia Miller after the service here this past week, and I rode in the, in the, in the van with the uh, funeral home director. And so I was just asking her questions. I said this to her. I said, how many, how many funerals do you go to a week? And she said, there's been a, there's been a lot right now. There's been several more than normal this time of year. And I, and I said this to her. I said, how many, how many of them are done in churches and how many done in funeral homes? And she said, most of them are done in funeral homes nowadays. Most of them don't, aren't in churches. And some of that had to do with COVID. And, and then she told me a pretty staggering number. She said, you know, seven out of 10 families that I talked to, when we asked them about a church affiliation or uh, a pastor to do the funeral service, seven out of 10 say they don't have a church affiliation or a pastor that they would call during this time. Seven out of 10 people. It was just staggering to think that so many people would go through a devastating time in their life without a spiritual leader in their life without a church family to encourage them and walk alongside of them during this time. But Paul here is writing the Christian, the believer, there's a difference in their life. And the difference is what we have that the lost world doesn't have. And that's the spirit of God that lives inside of us. The, the same spirit, I want you to see with me, look with me in verse number 11 here to this morning. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify these deeds of the body, ye shall live. I said verse number 11 and then read 13, didn't I? And none of you, you're so quiet today, none of you are going to say a word to me. You're just going to let me read it. Go, let's, let's actually read verse 11 now, if we could. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you... He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by what? By his spirit that dwelleth in you. L listen, that, that ought to encourage us all today. Because the, the same power that raised Jesus up from the dead lives inside of us as believers today. That same power, the spirit of God. If, if we truly believe, and we, we came to that, the, the, the communion today and, and partook in that, that bread and that juice and, 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 and thought about what Christ did, and yes, he, he went to the cross and he shed his blood as the, the payment for our sin, and, and if you'll accept that payment for your sin, that, that you could be redeemed, you would be redeemed back to God and, 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 and justified just as if you had never sinned. That, that's the, the value that the cross gives us, but, but it doesn't stop there. The gospel doesn't just stop at the cross. It, it also takes us into a, a tomb where it's empty because the Spirit of God raised Jesus up from the dead. And that same power that raised him lives inside of you and inside of me. Boy, we ought to rejoice today. There, there was not an event that happened in this past year that could take the Spirit of God away from us. There, there's not a situation that we've gone through that, that the Spirit of God hasn't lived inside of us and walked through that with us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us as a believer. I reminded that verse in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Listen to me, I, I know sometimes uh, we go through trials and in, in scripture, we, what we give to other people, when, when we need it, when we're, when we're the ones now needing that scripture, it, it, it doesn't maybe help sometimes when we're going through a trial and somebody quotes scripture. We, we do that to them when they're going through a trial, but boy, when it's us, but hear me today, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. I have the Spirit of God living in me. How does that happen? Paul tells us it happens the moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. That time that you realize that you are a sinner, the time that you realize the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no man cometh unto the Father but by him, that moment that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That moment that you're saved, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. I... Over the last couple days, as I was thinking about this message and thinking about just gathering with our church today, I tell you, I've rejoiced knowing that the Spirit of God is inside of me, giving me strength, giving me power. The, the same Spirit that makes us, a, that lives inside of us, the Bible tells us this. Look with me in verse number 15. That's one five. Go with me here. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry of a father. I thought of that verse just as we're concluding this year. Because 2020, you could really look at, it was a year of, of fear. I mean, everywhere you look, there's fear. There's, there's fear of, of being sick. There's fear of, 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 of what's the unknown. There's fear of, of, of vaccine. There's, there's, I mean, there's everywhere we've looked this year, there's this fear. And, and I'll tell you, for many, it's polarizing. Not sure what to do. I've talked to several during this Christmas season, and, and they've just really with tears said, we're... We're just not sure what to do. We're just so fearful. And I come to verse 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that comes and dwells inside of us the moment that we are saved, it's the same spirit that makes us a child of God. Look with me in verse number 16 and 17. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hey, that's something to rejoice in, Christian. And if children, then heirs. Of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful thought that is. We are joint heirs with Christ. We're a child of God. We, we aren't angels when we die. We, we don't become a star when we die. We, we, don't, we don't die and, and then hope that we, we come back alive and, and we're reincarnated in, into something better. Or, or if, we, if we're bad, we're, we're reincarnated into something worse. 
We don't just, we aren't just buried and left there in the ground and in, 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 in forever live in darkness. No, we as a child of God, we, we as a believer, we are a child of God. When we pray, we can pray to our Father, our Heavenly Father. Listen, that means this, no matter what you are dealing with, no matter what you are going through, you are a child of God. That's what the Spirit does inside of you. He makes you a child of God. We can cry out or we can, we can pray, Abba, Father. And that same Father, the Bible says in Philippians 4.19, Paul writes to that church at Philippi, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because we can cry, Abba, Father, because the Spirit of God uh, makes us a child of God, we then can go to the Father who's promised to supply every need that we may have. You see, all through 2020, Yes, there's been trials, and yes, we've carried burdens, and and yes, there's been difficulties, and yes, there's been heartache. But you know what we have also found that we ought to rejoice in today? That every single time, God has supplied. In every situation, God's always supplied. In every situation, he's going to supply. Why? Because you are his child. What a wonderful thing that is. I mean, I'm a child of God. I'm not just something, some, some, some mass of flesh that, that is not important, but I am a child of God. Now, I know there are some that say this, will say we're all a child of God, but that's not what the Bible says. Now, we are all God's creation, but the only way for you to be a child of God is through this adoption by the Spirit, But the most wonderful thing is this, that every single person can be a child of God. God doesn't show favorites, not, well, you're going to be my child and and you're not going to be my child. Every single human being has an opportunity to be a child of God. Every human being has the opportunity to cry out, Abba, Father, but you must go by way of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3.20, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. This is who we pray to. As, as I was studying and this verse came to my mind, unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You know, I've said this often. Sometimes I think that my way is better than than even God's way. Now, once it all works out, you know, we, we, yes, Lord, you're right. But sometimes when you're going through it, God's plan doesn't always match your plan. How, how many of you would say amen to that? You wonder. I, I mean, I know, again, I know what the Bible says, and, and, and it's, it's easy to quote those verses when it's somebody else going through it. But when it's me going through it, I'll be honest with you, there's some time to say, Lord, are you sure? I I, I mean, have you really thought this one through? I'm looking at the circumstances at the moment, but God is looking at it from his viewpoint where he sees eternity. And, And I tell you, the older I get, the and as, as I read Paul's epistles to the church and, and really read them in the context and knowing what Paul is, is going through and, and, and 
what he writes to the church as, as he's maybe in jail or after he's been beaten and, and maybe after he's been stoned or, or after somebody's rejected him. And then Paul writes to these epistles to the church. You, you just think to yourself, wow, Paul, you have it together. I, I would often write to the church, if I were Paul, I would write and tell them of my miseries. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus and says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What is that power that worketh in us? It's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. We have so much to be thankful for, church, because we have the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. We have a God in heaven that can do more than we could ever imagine that could ever happen. I want you to see this as well. The Spirit helps our infirmities. He helps us when we're hurting. Look with me in verse number 26 of the same chapter. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God is making intercession. The Spirit of God helps our infirmities. Have you ever been there for the the second part of that verse, we know not what we should pray for as we ought? Have you you ever been there as a Christian? You, You don't even know what to pray. It's not because you don't pray. It's just you're at a moment in your life, you're not even sure what to pray. That, that word infirmities, our sickness, our weaknesses, our confinements that we find ourselves into, our, our physical frailties, those places that we're in where we're not even sure what to do, we're not even sure what to think, we're not even sure how to process what's going through us, the Spirit of God is there making intercession for us. Listen, today, as we look at 2020, we can choose to look at the sorrows of it. We can choose to look at the pain of it. Or we can have joy because the Spirit of God is my help. He's there. He lives inside of me. He doesn't just live there. He actually is working. The Spirit of God is at work making intercession for us. The thought that he goes on our behalf according to the will of God. You know what, sometimes we don't know what to pray is because we not, we're not sure what the will of God is. As I've said, sometimes the will of God doesn't always match up in the moment to what I want in my life. I, I want to pray one thing, but that's not the will of God. I, I want to pray that none of my kids ever get sick. I want to pray that, that, that uh, none of my uh, uh, problems, I never have any problems in my life. I, I want to pray that my wife loves the window shop, but never really shop in the store. Those are the things that I like to pray. I, I like to pray for blessings. How, how many of you are with me? I like to pray good health. I'd love to pray that, that, that we'd never have to, to, to go to a funeral again. I'd like to pray that there never anyone that we had ever know, no one we ever love, would ever have to experience cancer. 
But the truth is, that's not always God's will. And sometimes we find ourselves in life experiencing things that it's not what we choose, but we know or should have confidence to know that whatever we're dealing with, the Spirit of God is there to guide us, to make intercession for us according to the will of God. You know, I thank God for the Spirit of God. This past year, when I thought or I think that I know what's best, I'm sure glad the Spirit of God's been there to guide us. You know, I remember, church, I remember back in March, in April and in May, I, I remember those months thinking, thinking to myself, I have no idea what we ought to do as a church. In more times than I can remember, whether at my, at my home, next to my bed, or in my office there at, at, at my desk, I remember so often just simply saying this, Lord, it's your church. I have no idea what needs to be done. But I know you do. And if you'll just simply tell me what you want done with your church, that's what I'll do. You know what 2020 reminded me? That I'm weak. You know what it reminded me of? That I don't know all the answers. You know what it reminded me of? That I can't fix every problem. You know what it reminded me of? That, 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 that I don't know every day what I should do, but it also reminded me of this, that there's a spirit of God that lives inside of us that does, that knows every trial we're going in and knows the will of God through it. That every heartache we're in, that we can find joy because the Spirit of God gives us strength. God's will was done because His Spirit lives inside of us. His Spirit is still directing us and directing His church. The Spirit is still directing the saints here that are left on this earth. Listen, this past year, we could look at all the things that that were miserable and all the things that were difficult, or we can look at all the things that, that God used individuals here in this church, and God used this church to help. Think of the people that were saved this year. They are now a child of God. Just recently, myself and a church member were at lunch just a a week or two ago, and and we were there, and this uh, young lady named Amanda was there, and and we got there late, and so it was a later lunch, and the place was kind of cleared out, and and we took about 20 minutes of her time and shared the gospel with her and had a Bible, a, a little Gideon's New Testament, and showed her what the Bible had to say, and about 20 minutes after that, she prayed and she trusted Christ as her Savior. Now listen to me, in the middle of a, a pandemic, in, a, in the middle of a a miserable year. You know what I realized? That God is still saving souls. The Spirit of God is still working. Families are still being ministered to and helped. 
Missionaries are still on the field preaching the gospel in the most unknown places of this world. Churches are still growing and and needs are still being met. The Spirit of God is still at work and is still moving. If God's will was done, then the circumstances this year, it's not going to dictate the value of this year. What ought to dictate the value of this year is God's Spirit led us, and God's Spirit is alive, and God's Spirit lives inside of us, and He was still accomplishing the will of the Father. And, and, and that ought to be what we look at when we evaluate a, this past year, when we look at the, the value of this past year. The value is this, the Spirit of God is still real. This year can be a good year because God is a good God. Look with me at this very familiar verse. And we know that all things work together for good, verse number 28. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we know that all things work together for good. You know, God makes good what at times we see as wasteful. At times when we see this doesn't have much value, when we go through something and we think that it was a waste of time or we go through something and we think that it was unnecessary, when, when we would choose to have it another way, when we would choose to, to, to live a different path, God could take that and does take that, and you know what God does with it? He makes it good. I think all of us would agree 2020 was a difficult year. But you know what Scripture tells us? And we know that all things work together for good. You know, God can take every event of this year and he'll work it together for good. You know, church, as we close out this last Sunday of the year, the Lord's just been dealing on my heart with how are we going to remember this year? Are we going to remember it for all that the media and our conversations and all the negative that we're reminded of? Are we going to remember it for what God is going to do? Are we going to lose hope? Or are we going to have joy knowing that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. We, on purpose, had communion today. I tell you, I, I, um, it's just different having them in those cups, right? I, I just can't get used to it. But on purpose, we wanted to, to have this today, on this Sunday, because we have so much to thank Jesus Christ for. His blood is still sufficient to save. He still sits on the right hand of the Father. 
He's still saving souls. We're still a child of God. The Spirit still dwells inside of us. There's still power. There's still uh, 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 great things that are happening. The Spirit's still at work. He, he still takes a, a, a sinner that is, is condemned in, in trespasses and sin and, and still makes that a child of God. Because God has promised that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And so, as Paul is writing these Roman believers, he encourages them with just these three words, ye shall live. Ye shall live. Is persecution coming to the church here in, as Paul is writing? Yes. But ye shall live. Were, were disciples and followers of Christ being killed for their faith? Yes. Were, were Christians accepted and, 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 and reverenced at this time and accepted in society? No. What, did Paul have everything together and, 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 and living in a beautiful home and, and driving the nicest camel of that day? No. Paul's imprisoned. Some of his friends have forsaken him. The church is going through persecution. Physically, Paul is, is hurting. Paul, Paul, Paul is honest in, in one of his epistles where he, he writes, I, to be honest with you, I'd rather, I'd rather be absent from this body and present with the Lord, but, but it's needful for you that I'm here. How could, how could he endure all of that? Because he knew this truth, ye shall live. What keeps us as a church moving forward? The promise of eternal life. What encourages us on our lowest of days, our darkest of valleys? The promise of eternal life. The promise that the Spirit of God lives inside of us. That hope that we find that can only be found through Christ. So church, I just want to close us with this year and remind us, I, I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. Now we all hope that as soon as the ball drops, that everything's different. Everybody gets their job back. The pandemic is gone. Unemployment's gone. Everyone gets $2,000 in their bank account magically that night. I mean, we want everything to be perfect. But the reality is, I don't know if any of that or how much of that could possibly be true. But you know what I know is true? You shall live. Because the Spirit of God lives inside of those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that lives inside of you that one day will take you to heaven. 
gives you everlasting life. And we can cry, Abba, Father, because the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We have something to be thankful for. And that is this, that God is our Father. The Spirit lives inside of us. And he's there making intercession for us to do the will of the Father. Let's pray. Father, we have no idea what this new year is going to hold. But we know who holds the future. There's been situations in our life that we have no idea what we were going to do. But we're so thankful in those moments that the Spirit of God does. And he makes intercession for us going to the Father. So, Lord, I pray for our church. Lord, as we approach a new year, we need your strength. Lord, we have no idea what might come to the church this year. But we're thankful to the Spirit of God that directs us and guides us. Lord, I pray for individual families, Lord, that have gone through such pain and suffering this year. Lord, I pray they'd find confidence and hope and strength in your spirit. So, Lord, we pray as we sang, Lord, that last song, knowing that you'll hold us fast, that you would encourage our hearts. So, Lord, I pray that you would dismiss us from this place with courage with strength to live for you. With courage, Lord, to raise our children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord this new year. In the hope that we shall live because of your son, Jesus Christ. So whatever this world throws at us or brings our way, Lord, we have confidence in you. May we live this life with great joy, anticipating heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Jacob to come back up here. I want you to stand with me, please. This last song that we sang in our, in our um, worship time, I want you to sing this with me. He will hold me fast. And I want you to sing this song just in relation to Romans 8. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. The Spirit of God gives you strength. The Spirit of God makes intercession for you. God works all things together for good to those that love Him, those that are called according to His purpose. Would you stand with me, please? Jacob, would you lead us in this? Let's just sing this as an invitation. If you need to come and pray at this altar, I invite you to come.